Amen. Let's give a round of applause to the worship team. Thank you, worship team, and thank you, Brother Suebla, Samuel. You know, I don't know if you, about you, but I've been in services where it's great. Um, um, there's people rejoicing and wanting to sing to the Lord, but man, it's something about having uh, talented people and uh, musical people to be able to be a part of a worshiping that just adds flavor and adds, uh, adds something special to the worship. So thank you for that. Appreciate you guys and ladies for uh, worshiping and leading us in that worship before the throne of grace and being able to lift our spirits um, I hope that that worship does that for you. I hope that it uh, in, in, uh, engages your mind, engages your heart, as truly um, we sing these words that hopefully are more than just words, are something that truly you feel in your spirit, in your soul, and I trust that that is something that uh, uh, you will grow in as a Christian. Um, you know, as our worship goes uh, it seems that uh, growth follows um, into deeper worship. When we can truly, truly know who God is and experience him fully, uh, it is the uh, squishing out of the soul that brings out that praise and that worship. And, and so I'm thankful for that this morning. Uh, thankful for the ability to sit. And, and uh, thank you, Brother Jason, for leading this morning and being able to sit and just uh, worship and get my mind ready. Uh, this morning, it is my great privilege to uh, bring the preaching of God's Word. And so if you would, go with me to Psalm 46. And uh, we're going to be in Psalm 46. Um, Pastor Jeremy, uh, like I said, is out uh, this week and actually next as well. And uh, so uh, Pastor Jeremy asked me to uh, be able to prepare something for today. And then Brother uh, uh, or Pastor Tad Wycopen uh, will be bringing a sermon next Sunday. Looking forward to that. Be a great time to uh, learn and grow uh, ourselves together. And so looking forward to that. But Psalm 46, as I thought and pondered again, like I've said on many occasions when I've preached, that it's always a challenge as to what God wants you to share. You know, there's 66 books. Uh, uh, lots and lots of over 13,000 verses. Um, there's uh, lots and lots of chapters, verses, lots of different topics and themes. And man, you're just like, what, do you, what, what am I going to preach on? What does God want me to share? And obviously, I have nothing to share. I am nothing more than a wicked sinner. And uh, if you knew my entire life, you'd be like, you're a wicked sinner. Um, uh, my wife will vouch for that. But, uh, uh, but I'm not here as a uh, perfect vessel. I am here as a vessel cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And God has given me the great privilege to share uh, his truth, uh, and I'm thankful for the journey that God has me on, and I definitely um, look at it as being exactly that, a journey, and I'm here to share uh, something that I've learned along the path, along the journey, and, and so many of us here on that journey, and we're thankful for that. But in Psalm 46, uh, my mind came here as I pondered a few things, uh, uh, we, uh, couple uh, different things that happened this week, and I know that um, uh, as I was looking at a couple different things, um, Pastor Jeremy sent an article earlier this week to a couple of, uh, of my, us brothers on a little text thread, and we different, just uh, current events, different things that catch our interest, we usually share those things, and this one was interesting, Arizona school board member says district should reject hiring teachers with Christian values, it's not safe. And as you read the article, you find out that uh, three of the members of this Arizona school board uh, are of the LGBT crowd or whatever it is now, and all the different alphabet letters. And uh, her concern was that this um, Arizona Christian University, um, they had a, uh, a, an agreement with this school uh, district that they would send 
some of their uh, junior seniors to be able to do part of their internship as teachers into this school district. And, uh, and uh, the concern wasn't anything any one person did at all. Nothing had happened, no incidents. The concern was that um, this uh, board member brought up the website of, uh, of the U- Christian University and said, this Christian University uh, challenges its students to share their faith and to be intentional about their biblical values. And that was enough for this board member uh, to make a big uh, 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 stink about it. And in fact, at the board meeting that this article was being written about, they voted to shut down that alliance or that partnership uh, with this Christian university. I don't know much about the Christian university or who or what it is, but it caught our attention. The reality that there is an onslaught in our day and age against all things of biblical Christian worldview values. This is just one of hundreds that we can look at. You look at the reality that the instability of our world, I don't know how many of you pay attention to uh, uh, different things going on in the world today, but the 16th biggest, largest bank in the United States, which is is a huge uh, country, but the 16th largest bank went bankrupt or went uh, defunct uh, this week, Silicon Valley Bank, SVB. If you saw those letters in the news somewhere, uh, that is a bank that is uh, was in California, but uh, it was um, uh, where um, billions of dollars were in this bank. And lo and behold, um, on uh, this week, one day it lost 60% of its stock uh, value. The next day, 60% more fell uh, a loss. And so literally billions of dollars worth of deposits are gone. And the depositors right now are in limbo as to how they will get their millions of dollars. I read one of the biggest clients was Roku. Anybody have a Roku? Anybody use Roku? You guys know, familiar with that? Roku had $487 million worth of deposits into that bank, and now they're not sure what's going to happen with their money. So, um, But uh, a world of instability, a world of insecurity, a world of trouble, you don't have to go through, and I've done this on many different occasions, you look at the statistics of our day and age, the crumbling of the family, the crumbling of the marriage, of uh, the reality of the traditional role of husband and wife. In fact, in the article of, that I was mentioning about the school board, uh, that was one of the biggest caveats or biggest problems that these score, school board members had was that in this Christian university on the website, it said that it believed in marriage as being traditional between a one man and one woman marriage. It's a lot that can stress our hearts out and stress our minds out. Whether it looks in the world of of, uh, economic uncertainty, whether you look into the world of spiritual neglect and problems, whether you look under, uh, under the microscope of the true fractures in the family and things going on there, um, you, you, you can easily be perturbed. You can easily find trouble. And if we focus our mind and our attention there, it will be easy to uh, find ourselves in uh, a hopeless state or in a um, perturbed place. And I thought about that. Thought about that maybe because uh, just in my own life, there are moments and times where personally, and maybe you're there this morning, maybe there's some personal troubles, maybe those big picture things aren't even on your radar, maybe it's something you don't even think about, but there are personal trials, maybe it's a wayward uh, son or daughter, maybe it's a, it's a struggle in your own personal uh, situation, place, struggle. 
Well, I find in Psalm 46 something that I hope in, in a very short amount of time this morning that we will just focus our attention on. And it'll draw us to be able to pause, contemplate, and think about because the truth of it is not just true for David in the moment that he penned this after defeating some of the nations around him. And if you were to go to 2 Samuel, I believe probably chapter 8 is somewhere thereabouts in the life of David when this is written, uh, you would find that some things were actually going right after some things had gone wrong. Yet nonetheless, at that moment in time, David stopped and contemplated these realities. And dear friend, this morning, it is nothing more than my desire to just point your attention for just a few moments to this truth. In a world with a lot of turbulence, in a world with a lot that, whether it be personally, whether it be nationally, whether it be globally, um, we have come through a season, and I do believe now we have come through a season, of just our world being shook for some 18, 24 months. It just really changed us. I feel like those of us that are more prone to not worry and not have issues, even us have gotten, had gotten to a point where some things had shaken us. The others that had been more prone to feeling that anxiety, that anxiousness, that uh, sensitivity to the turbulence of the world have truly gone on a journey during these last several years. And so Psalm 46 is a good place to pause this morning and focus. And so we're going to read verses 1 through 11. I don't always read the entire psalm, but I will this time. It's a shorter psalm. And then I want us to just think about a few different areas that I believe um, are worthy of further looking at and diving a little bit deeper into, and then we'll be done. It says this, and I'm reading out of the New Living once again, so if you have a different version, no problem at all. Just follow along there with me. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains trouble as in the waters, as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your eternal truth. Thank you for your preserved eternal truth. Father, I thank you that today we can go to it and find comfort. We can go to it and we can find direction. We can go to it and find alignment for our minds and for our souls and for our hearts. And I pray, Father, that today you would allow that to be so. 
I don't know what anybody is going through in this room. I don't know what everybody is going through. But Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just allow this to be a time in which your truth and your spirit would do the work in every heart as it, done, as it does in mine as well. Pray all this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. First and foremost, in Psalm 46, I find that we find words of comfort. We find words of comfort. It says there in verse number one, God is our refuge and strength. We find that we can triumph in God. You see, God being our refuge and strength is something that in the moments of uh, life <clears throat> bringing you to your knees, in the moments when you feel your world is truly being shaken, may our minds and hearts and souls be taken to the reality that in God we are triumphant, that in God we have victory. I love the next phrase there in verse number one, always ready to help. You know, uh, some of us, uh, perhaps we have a stronger inclination to think of God sitting up on his mighty throne, waiting for us to step out of line for just one second, for just one thought, for just one action. And in that moment, that bolt of lightning is there uh, timbering and, and shaking at the top of his staff, just waiting to be lanced or, or shot down onto this earth. And you know, and lo, uh, what we find in God's word is that we find the reality that David expresses that no, he is always ready to help in times of trouble. It doesn't say that it's times of trouble as long as it's not trouble you caused. Oh, David would find many times in his life that he would find himself in moments that there were trouble that he caused, he brought upon himself. Oh, for the nation of Israel, there were many times that it found itself in trouble that it had caused upon itself. It had turned its back on the God. And here we find many times here in the New Living, in the King James, it would say the God of Jacob. Here it says the God of Israel. It's, it's speaking about the nation, this composition of these 12 tribes and, and who God had selected to be able to show to the world uh, through a, a nation uh, his great power and who he was and present to the global, uh, uh, to the global uh, population the reality of who God is. And here he emphasizes that uh, to him, uh, to this nation, though it had done many things that had brought troubles and trials upon itself, lo, yes, the reality is always that God is ready to help. And if that was true back then, it is the same God seated on the throne. It is the same God in heaven. And you and I today maybe find ourselves in some trouble that we brought in ourselves personally. Maybe it's nationally we can look and we can say, man, though we were a nation that was founded on Christian principles, man, we have so steered far away from that. And maybe there are some consequences that we are living in and we are seeing around us as a result of turning our back on God. And, and you look at uh, school districts that uh, uh, ripped out the Bible from the, uh, any content within those schools and, and we can see and we can track statistically uh, what happened from that point forward uh, with violence what happened from that appointment uh, from that point forward with teenage pregnancy what happened from that point forward uh, with all kinds of ills as a nation and a society but lo we can also rest in the reality 
that God is always ready to help in times of trouble. That phrase there, ready to help, has many different applications and meanings. Ready to help means he is a present help. I believe the King James says a present help, a very present help in trouble. It, it, it means that we have a God who is not, uh, though uh, there are those that would teach that God created the world and said, all right, peace out, you're on your own, I'm up in heaven, we'll see you sometime down the road. No, we have a God who is actively involved in our day-to-day lives. We have a God that actively cares about that. In fact, when his son walked on this earth, he said, lo, uh, the birds of the air, not one of them falls to the ground, and I don't know it. He was saying that to say, hey, I know about what is going on in your life. He even says in another place, I know every number of hair on your head, which mine is getting less and less, so his count is going down. (laughs) I know every hair of head you have on your head. He is engaged with our life. He is present in every aspect of our life. Ready to help is speaking about his presence, his presence in the times of trouble. Ready to help speaks about the fact that he is always near. That is to say, God doesn't play this game of, oh, hide and seek. Uh, you, have to, you have to do this and X, Y, and Z. Uh, he's not, he doesn't have you in some sort of uh, contraption, um, uh, much like uh, the escape rooms that we have around today. You know? You've seen those escape rooms if you haven't been to one. How many of you have been to one? Raise your hand. Or you, you know what that is. All right. Mostly younger crowd. All right. I figured that. Uh, an escape room, there's a bunch of these clues laid around the room, and you got to go and put together these clues, and it gets you to the next key, and it gets you to the next key to where now you can be able to get out of the room and eventually find the key that lets you out. And, and, and sometimes some people believe God to be laying about these mysterious boxes around and that, oh, you've got to jump through these hoops. No, we find here in Psalms 46 that God is a present help. He's an always near He's a help to be found. He is somebody who is seeking to be found. He is not seeking to hide. That phrase, always ready to help, isn't just a present help. It's a help that is always near, ready to be found. It is a help that is sufficient. That is sufficient. Dear friend, can I tell you this morning... That I, have, I am here to vouch for you and to tell you that I have been through trials and tribulations galore, both uh, through nationally, both through from, uh, family, both through personally. I can tell you that in it I have found, and it is true, that he is, he is help sufficient enough. Sufficient enough. Teenager, can I tell you, I've been there in the struggles of what do I do with my life? Uh, who am I going to marry? What, what path do I take? Hey, oh, I see these, these, these problems in my life. I see these character flaws. How am I going to overcome them? Can I tell you that what we find in Psalm 46 is that God is a sufficient help for you and for me? Husband, wife, can I tell you that what we find in Psalm 46 is the reality that though there may be stresses and fractures, though there may be problems, though there may be situations in which you feel there is no hope, there is no help, today what we find in Psalm 46 is that there is a sufficient help in the God of heaven. 
There is sufficient help. Always ready to help. He is a present help. He is a help to be found. He is a sufficient help. God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. Not only do we find triumph in God, but we find triumph over the great dangers of life. Verse number two says, so we will not fear when earthquakes come. I have never been through an earthquake. Who here has been through an earthquake? I know my wife has. Anybody else ever been through an earthquake? Anybody else? No. So just one. As she describes it, we've talked about in the past. It is a very life-altering scenario. The very thing that you feel is most stable the ground beneath you begins to give way. Uh, when the Bible here speaks about the great fears of mankind, uh, it immediately goes to some of the things that we would consider the most stable. Though the earth quakes, and verse number two goes on and says, the mountains crumble into the sea. If you were to go out to uh, Camp Loma de Vida, you could grab a shovel, and uh, like lately we've had to do for many different occasions, we were running some water lines and some other things, and uh, you could grab a shovel and you could begin to dig, right? And you could actually go down lots of feet, no problem. If you were to go a little bit further out, you'd go towards where I live, which is out on Laguna Seca Road. There, you would hit some, some caliche rock about 18 inches down. Man, that stuff is really hard. But that's nothing compared to if you and I lived in the North Georgia mountains. There, there are some really problematic uh, digging that has to take place. Anybody who lives on a mountain, if you go to Colorado, if you go to just a little bit further north of us, into the hill country of the San Antonio area and that beyond there, there's all kinds of special equipment needed because when it comes to the mountains, uh, those don't move so easily. You see, if you were to go to South Padre Island, like I remember as a kid, we would run up and down the sand dunes, and there were these uh, mountains to us, right, the valley. That's about as much of mountains as we get is those uh, sand dunes there in South Padre. But within a few weeks or months, you may go back, and that mountain may not be there. It's not that kind of mountain, right? The mountain here is that mountain that is rock. And yet here the Bible says, if the mountains crumble into the sea. What the Bible is inferring is saying, if the great stabilities of all mankind, known to man, the earth beneath, beneath us, the stability of the mountains that do not move an inch, much less jump out into the ocean. But yet it says... We will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Man, if you've seen video footage of whether it be one of the tsunamis or uh, what happens during the hurricanes to those coastlines. Man, those ocean waters, waves will come in and what seems to be something impenetrable, unmovable, all of a sudden is just wiped off of its foundation. That great ocean water will come and it will suck back and destroy anything in its path. 
the oceans roar and foam, let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Why? Because in God we have the triumph over the great dangers. I read this that Matthew Henry commented in one of his commentaries of Psalm 46, and it caught my attention. Because it did make me think, as I look at the trials and tribulations of life, of society, of myself, personally, family, uh, work-wise, whatever the case may be, it made me pause and consider this statement. Because so much of our world today is tied up in what we believe to be the tangible real world, which is what we can see, feel, touch, impact, what we can deposit, what we can slide, what we can purchase. That is the real world to us. And yet, it is so destructible so easily. But God is not. And he draws our attention to the reality that he is greater than all those stabilities. And then it draws us to this conclusion. If the earth be removed, those have reason to fear who have laid up their treasures upon it. But not those who have laid up treasures in heaven. You know, so many times I pause to think about how much of my world my excitement, what brings me peace, what brings me comfort, what brings me joy, what brings me happiness is tied up in things that are directly connected to this earth. And how God in this Psalm 46 draws our attention to the reality that he is outside of these elements, he is outside of these things, and though he has the control and the power over them, the reality is, is that our treasure should not be laid up upon them. And Matthew builds upon this principle uh, so many times. Jesus refers to these truths time and time again throughout his ministry. And the reality of the fact that that is exactly why we should be building up treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. Oh, how important it is for us in these moments of trials and tribulations, in the moments when our world is shaken, to also take a moment to realize where is our joy? Where is our treasure? We find here some words that bring us to this reality, some words of comfort, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help. He is a present help. He is a help to be found. He is a sufficient help, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God and the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed from the very break of day. God will protect it. Find comfort in those words. Find reasons to praise in the next words. The nations are in chaos. How many say amen? It doesn't take too long to look around this world to realize the nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Dear friend, there's reasons to praise that he is the king of the nations. 
He is the king of the nations, though we have, uh, uh, I don't care whether it's Putin or whether it's King Jong-un or whatever his name is, whether it's the uh, uh, President Xi of China, we have great leaders nationally that believe their strength is in their armies, in their missiles, in their capabilities. May we not forget that the God, the Bible, sits above all those things, and the reality is, is that this earth will melt at his voice as his voice thunders. He is the Lord of heaven's armies, and there is nothing that can stand in his way. And may our heart find a reason to praise him for that. You and I who have come to a personal encounter with the God of heaven, who have access to his throne, not through our own merits, but because there was a day, a moment in time when our knees hit the ground and we realized our great sin condition and our need for redemption, our need to have our sins washed away. And lo, we found in the son of this great God, the reality that through him, we were going to be forgiven of our sins and that we were going to be cleansed and made white snow not through ourselves but through his great sacrifice and through his great work in us may we find reason to praise him we find comfort we find praise a reason to praise him he causes come see verse 8 says the glorious works of the lord see how he brings destruction upon the world Yet he causes wars, wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Oh, we live in a world that truly thinks that by ignoring God, they overcome God. <laughs> no, as human beings, we are so fickle and so haughty as to think that we truly can overcome God by just ignoring him. By taking our eraser and erasing them out of the conversation as a society, as nations, as a human, uh, a global citizenry, we believe that just by ignoring him, that that will mean that we are more powerful than he. Oh, but the psalmist reminds us today of the frailness and the reality of us human beings being so infinitely small compared to the great God. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. There's so much more that could be said. But we find words of comfort. We find words of praise. We find words to the glory of God. Through it all, after it's all said and done, may we not forget the reality that God will get the glory. Can we, can we just come to the point here as, a, as, as, as believers, as a point, can we come to the point where we realize that God will be given the glory? Verses 10 and 11 reminds us of that reality. Be still and know that I am God I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. It's another portion that says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Dear Christian, I don't know what your trials, tribulations, or turbulences are right now. I don't know where you find yourself. I know where I find myself, and this week I needed Psalm 46. 
I need to be reminded of the fact that he will receive the glory. I need to be reminded of the fact that he is my great comfort, my refuge and strength. He is ready to help. He is a present help. He is a help that is always near. He is a help that is sufficient. And because of that, I should find comfort. I should remember that I should praise him because he is the king of the nations. He is above the world. He is beyond the world. And today I can rest in the reality that he is the one that sits atop it all. And may I walk out of church service on Sunday morning remembering that he will receive the glory ultimately and always. And what a privilege it is for me today as we will in this last song in a few minutes to get ahead of the game and be able to praise him now. To be able to praise him as we did on that last song, as we sung about the reality, my cornerstone, that peace on which my world finds itself stable on, when everything else moves, that is the solid rock on which my world can be firm upon. Dear friend, can I encourage you? Point your eyes spiritually to Psalm 46. Be comforted. Be driven to praise. Be reminded that he will receive the glory. That phrase of verse number 10 seems to echo with bass in my mind. That uh, voice of the narrator of those great scenes of uh, planet Earth or whatnot, you know. Be still and know that I am God. In a world full of anything but stillness. Whether it be brought upon by ourselves or whether it be brought upon because of things that happen to us and around us. May we be reminded that God pulls us to this truth. And may we find a solid foundation with which to confront the trials and tribulations personally corporately, nationally, societally, in every way possible, may we be reminded God is our refuge and strength. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your truth today. Thank you for your goodness upon our lives. Father, so much that we could grow in and learn from, but I pray, Father, that you would just help us today Lord, I do not know what my friends are going on, going through here around us, maybe online listening to us. I know what I'm going through. And I pray, Father, that you would just help us to rest in the reality that you are our refuge and strength. You are not hidden away from us, but you are ready to help, a very present help, a help easy to be found. Your word tells us in the New Testament, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Father, I don't know where the struggles and trials are. Maybe it's personal temptation that has won the battle. 
Maybe it's personal decisions that have brought us to a place in life that have shaken us to our core. We don't even know who we are or what we believe anymore. Father, may this morning we be drawn back to the God of eternity. The God that though the earth quakes, though the mountains shake and be thrown into the sea, though the ocean roar and foam, we know that you are above it all. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just help my friends today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Perhaps you say, Pastor John, this morning, God and me only know what's going on, but there are some things that I just needed this reality to be thought upon, enacted, brought and drawn into my heart and to my soul. But John, would you just pray for me that God would help me in some trials and tribulations that I have going on? Would you just pray for me? Would you slip your hand up? I'd like to pray for you and just know that God's working in your life. God bless you. 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 Father, you saw the hands. Father, you saw every one of us. And I pray, Lord, that you would do what I just asked that you would truly, truly act upon our faith, our need, our shortcomings. That your grace would be enough where our faith comes up short. When our world falls apart, May we be reminded that this is not our world and that our treasure should not be built upon this earth. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would guide our hearts towards the eternal truth of your word, of your existence, and of our relationship with you. Guide us as we worship you now. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.